Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. So I get an email here this morning, and, oh gosh, I tell you what, first world problems here in this country. Headline, Daily Wire, woman who used Gorilla Glue as hairspray considers suing the company, raises thousands in GoFundMe. Report. (laughs) Oz, have you ever thought about using Gorilla Glue for hairspray? She says no. I'm not sure. Anyway, welcome to the program. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com, slash Todd Huff Show. We're streaming there. Twitter, Periscope for the time being, as I've shared before. If you're listening on Periscope, you might want to consider downloading the podcast. Periscope's going to be shut down here in about six weeks. Podcast can be found on Apple Podcast, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. Stitcher, very easy to download. Just search the Todd Huff Show there, and you can you can download it. And folks, you can email me again your thoughts, opinions, comments, adoration, and praise. Also accepted here on the program, Todd at Todd Huff Show dot com. So you know. As as I've kind of skimmed and looked at and read and prepared for this morning, again, we don't do themes on here, um, but I think one of the things that becomes obvious to me as I've looked at what's happening in the the news, uh, of course, now we know that Biden has signed 52 executive orders, I guess, by by his own words, making him a dictator. He says that that's what dictators do when Trump was president, right? When Trump was president, executive orders meant that you were a dictator. When a Democrat is president, it means that it's just part of the heavy lifting and the work that's necessary to undo, undo the mess that has been brought upon us by former President Donald J. Trump, who you may have heard is facing a second impeachment trial in the Senate. I don't even want to talk about that today. I mean, we could go through the impeachment trial, but this this is so blatantly idiotic and stupid to me that I don't want to waste any time. The odds of anything here uh, happening to President Trump are so astronomically tiny that uh, the odds of, let's just say this, the odds of Trump being acquitted are astronomically large. And the odds of President Trump being impeached are next, or removed from, well, he's already out of office. That's the other thing. I guess uh, banished from politics forever, the odds of that being the case are as close to zero as uh, as one might as one might expect. But I think it, as we look at the as we look at the landscape, right? I think a couple things become obvious to me. Number one, number one, whenever you promise, it's easier to be out of power and promise grandiose ideas. Promise utopia, promise peace on earth, promise to fix and to change everyone's life in an instant, promise to to cure COVID, promise to open 
schools. We'll talk about that as well. Jen Psaki. Remember President Biden? His goal was in the first 100 days to open schools. It's laughable. <laughs> it's it's beyond laughable what that uh, definition now means. Open schools. I mean, I think you can have one teacher teach one class in the school and Biden says, count it, baby. That school is open. That school is open. That basically seems to be the criteria for an open school. Again, it's easier to sit back and to criticize than it is to actually solve problems and to lead. In fact, I'm looking forward still. The one thing I'm 100% on board for and I can't wait to see happen is for Biden to cure the diseases he's promised to cure, which are cancer, diabetes, and Alzheimer's. I mean, here we are three weeks. Are we three weeks in? I guess we're three weeks in, and we've still not still not gotten any word on that. I, I thought it would happen by now, and we're going to remind him of this because he promised it. He promised. He literally said that multiple times. He said it multiple times for cancer. One time he got really excited after winning Iowa, and he said, I'm going to throw in there Alzheimer's and diabetes too. And I promise you we're going to cure these things when I'm president, if I'm president. That's what he said. We can dig up the soundbite, but I think I've played it before, and you can trust me that that is what he said. It's funny. You know, I run into people who don't uh, want to acknowledge what these, these folks are saying. But this is, in fact, what they say. And then when they're in power, suddenly the, the goalposts shift, right? With, with COVID— Biden was criticizing Trump and his response to COVID. And look, I'm not saying Trump handled it perfectly, that the administration did or that the government did. But the idea, the idea that a new president was going to come in and everything was going to be, as I like to say, hunky-dory apple pie, is just simply not the case. It's just simply not the case. And so but that's what we were told. Biden comes in. They can't even find vaccines. Whose fault is that? That's Trump's fault, of course. Now they're saying they want to open schools. Well, what does opening schools mean? Opening schools means uh, a school being open, period, one day a week. And we've got people out there suing, talking about suing companies because they want to use Gorilla Glue for hairspray. That's kind of, I think, a microcosm of what, um, really, as I think about it, as, as what the government what the radical left thinks the government can be used for. They see the Gorilla Glue, and they think, man, that should really work good. Good. It says it, it holds. It holds for hours, days, permanently. Let me put that in my hair. That's what the radical left looks, how they look at our government, how they look at any problem in life. Man, government, if the government got in there and, you know, said people had to pay someone $15 an hour, that should fix every problem. Then they put the proverbial gorilla glue in their hair and suddenly they realize that it costs 1.4 million jobs because some people have jobs that are not worth $15 an hour to an employer and you cannot the math dictates the science is spoken you cannot have a job you cannot pay someone for a job that's worth worth less than what you're paying for it indefinitely there will be consequences for that and for small businesses there's definitely consequences for that but yet and then and then when the gorilla glue turns out to not be a good hairspray in the metaphor here again the idiocy that some people come up with and then they want to blame somebody that's what the government does they want to blame somebody they want to blame the radical left wants to blame somebody else it's because of 
evil business owners being too greedy, right? It's because they just simply wouldn't uh, oblige with the the brilliance of the left. If they simply did things our way, problems would be solved. Why do people resist listening and following orders and instructions from the radical left, from the from the true dictators among us? So as I look across the landscape here, that's what I see. I see an unraveling of the promises of liberalism. Again, like this joker who used Gorilla Glue as hairspray, suddenly realizing that wasn't a good idea. And instead of just saying, I made a boneheaded mistake, they want to blame somebody else. They want to blame, potentially, according to this report, the company for not, I guess, putting on the bottle, don't use as hairspray. <laughs> anyway, but I want to start here this morning talking specifically about um, – I'm going to start here this morning talking about Jen Psaki's remarks about opening schools. Again, this is one way that I already see that the wheels are coming off the utopian promises of, of the radical left. It's, it's as though – again, I just go back in my mind and I look at the, the history of how we got here. We've got a guy who's president now – that really the average person has no idea what the guy wants to do because they didn't pay any attention. He didn't have to tell us during the campaign. Remember, he was hiding in his basement. He was um, not doing interviews. He was holding rallies with 52 cars, presumably with 52 people. I don't even know if there were – there might have just been cars with no people in them. In fact, the only way we knew there were people in the cars is the horns were honking again I'm pretty confident because people fell asleep and their head hit the horn. So, but nonetheless, this is what this is what Biden did, and of course, the campaign was all about how bad Trump was, how much Trump was hated, how terrible he was. He was a dictator, a Nazi. Our democracy was at stake, was just about ready to collapse, and the Democrats rode in on their white horse to save our democracy. Somehow, somehow they did this. And now it's like we got this guy in the White House and people are saying, huh, didn't know Biden was for that. Richard Trumka, for example, head of the AFL-CIO. Biden's first day, he writes an executive order canceling the Keystone Pipeline. Biden loves executive orders. Biden loves, by his own definition, acting like a dictator, governing by fiat, governing by decree. Hear ye, hear ye. The great Emperor Biden has spoken. Keystone Pipeline is hereby summarily canceled. Boom. Let it be, uh, you know, let it be decreed that the great, the great one, Joseph Biden, has spoken, and the Keystone Pipeline is canceled. And Richard Trumka, AFL-CIO, is left having to articulate reasons and rationale as to why they supported a guy that just literally, unilaterally killed thousands of union jobs. Thousands of union jobs and union jobs. And by the way, now instead of using the pipeline to transport uh, transport oil from Canada south, they're going to use trucks. It's not as though we're not we're going to suddenly stop using oil for the environmentalists out there, those that are hell bent on seeing eight dollar a gallon gasoline. Which, by the way, that's something else that we're seeing gas price, uh, prices trickle up. Surprise, surprise! It's easier to sit on the sidelines and to be a uh, prognosticator, an armchair quarterback than it is to actually govern and get things done, especially when your governing policies rely 
on principles that are not fundamentally sound, principles that violate the way that the world works, principles that say that government is going to solve your problems, and we're going to come down with the, we'll come up with a top-down plan that's going to fix everything. We're going to make sure that you make enough money, that you have a place to live, that you have food to eat, that you can, you know, access whatever sort of medical care we think that you need, which wouldn't, which obviously needs to include gender reassignment surgery and abortion on demand. It's going to be paid for by the taxpayer. We're going to open up the border pretty much. At least that's what the people coming from south of our border think. That's why there's a big caravan heading that direction. There's reports. Tucker Carlson reported that the Biden administration now is kept, you know, when they when they detain uh, people crossing the border, they're releasing them without even giving them a COVID test as the rest of us have to wear a mask, maybe even two masks. That's now seriously being contemplated. Articles out there telling you why you should wear two masks. And on and on this nonsense goes. The wheels are coming off before our very eyes. I suppose that's the one good thing that we can see from the radical left being in power is that this these ideas are complete nonsense. They do not work. They never work. They never have worked. Here's Jen Psaki. I promised to play this here before I take my first break. Jen Psaki explaining what it means for schools to be open in a Biden administration. Here it is. Of opening up schools swiftly and safely. Mm-hmm. Could you help us understand what the White House is or what the president's definition of open schools is? Does it mean teachers in classroom teaching students in classroom? Or does it just mean kids in classroom with a remote screen? Help us understand. Sure. His goal that he set is to have the majority of schools, so more than 50%, open uh, by day 100 uh, of his presidency. And that means uh, some teaching in classrooms. So at least one day a week, hopefully it's more. And obviously it is as much as is safe in each school and local district. When you say some teaching, that's, you didn't use the same majority qualifier there. You just have to have some teaching in school, some teachers in school, not the majority of teachers in school and the majority of classrooms. Well, teaching at least one day a week um, in the majority Whoa. of schools by day 100. <laughs> okay, and that's in-person teaching? In-person teaching, yes. In-person teaching, majority of schools, and she defines majority in case anyone in that press room does not know what majority is. They may not, for all I know. Majority is 50% plus, plus one, right? More than those that are not open. We want the schools open at least one day a week and at least some, <laughs> some teaching done there. So literally a school could oh, – I mean this is – is this even setting a bar? What is this? You have to open your school, okay? Students have to learn in, te- uh, in person, okay? How many students doesn't say? Can it be one student? Can it be the principal's son going in there and the principal saying, all right, little Bobby, here's today's lesson. One Biden in the White House equals open schools, right? Is it, can, that be, can that be what we've set out to accomplish here? See, it's so much easier, folks, to sit back and say, oh, well, Trump is doing this, that, and the other wrong. This is unbelievable what he's allowed to happen. Biden comes into the office. Suddenly, we can't find vaccines. Suddenly, what it means to open a school is defined as something as ridiculous as this. Biden says early on that the trajectory of COVID cannot be changed for the next two, three, four months, what some number of months. 
But I thought you were going to fix all that. I thought I thought you told us when you were going out to those rallies with 50 cars or people standing in circles 80 feet apart. I thought you were telling us that Trump was the problem for all this and that a good leader could fix this and get us out of the situation, right? I mean, that's what I remember you you saying. Now suddenly, reality matters. Now suddenly, all the utopian promises come to a screeching halt because you're in charge. You don't want to be held responsible. You want to readjust expectations, and the media will oblige. The media will act like, yeah, of course. Of course this is reasonable. They might ask a follow-up question like this this fellow did, but there's no pushback. There's no – there's no – how is that an open school, uh, Secretary uh, – Press Secretary Saki? How is that an open school to have – some room in the building open and some student in there hearing a teacher talk. How in the world does that define an open school? But for the left, it does. When they're in power, if Trump was in power and there was one student that didn't go to the school, they would say, how can you call that school open because a student is is not yet in this facility? That's how these expectations flip on their head. I've got to take a break. Quick timeout is in order. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. You know, I was thinking with Oz here during the break. I've been watching. I've been watching a clip. Um, I don't know. I, I know we have Office fans in the audience now. That show's not been on air for several years now, but uh, you still might catch reruns of The Office. Michael Scott's, without question, <laughs> without question, the best TV character of all time. Michael Scott Dunder Mifflin, good stuff, right? Um. I know some of you disagree with that, but it's some some funny stuff. But there's an episode. There's an episode where the company he works for, Michael Scott, played by Steve Carell, who's one who has given money to uh, remember the folks who were um, arrested during the riot. Not not the Capitol riot. Not the only riot that we want to talk about now, but the other riots this summer. People were arrested for, um, you know damaging property, burning buildings, looting, whatever. And people like Steve Carell contributed to the fund that was bailing these folks out of jail and that sort of thing. You remember celebrities giving money to this stuff. So I don't want to get into that. I don't want to have that interfere with my feelings for Michael Scott. <laughs> but but there's an episode where Dunder Mifflin, the company, is is in financial problems. And so they they have a meeting with shareholders. Michael Scott is invited. He's the regional manager of Dunder uh, Dunder Mifflin uh, Dunder Mifflin Scranton, and he's sitting there at this long table with all the executives. And he makes a comment, talking to his boss. He said these people are really angry. Angry, and his boss covers the microphone and says. That's before they knew we were going bankrupt. And so Michael says, we're going bankrupt over his microphone. And the audience, of course, starts booing and going crazy. So there's a scene. I'm going to play just a snippet of this. I'm going to play a snippet of this um, just to give you an idea. But as they're walking off stage, this just reminds me of Biden. I just It reminds me of how the left governs. So they're starting to go off stage to to take a break or whatever 
and to come back out. And somebody from the audience says you haven't even addressed the bankruptcy or the financial problems or whatever yet. You've just basically said, here's somebody that's a success story. Here's somebody else that's a, a, success, a success story and so forth. And so as they're standing up to leave, this is kind of the exchange. And I just play a, se- a few seconds of this to give you a flavor. But it's Michael Scott <laughs> oh, of Dunder Mifflin addressing the audience. Here it is. going to happen. That's not going to happen. We'll be back with some answers. I, okay, I know that you're mad at me and you're mad at all How of that. How are you going to fix the company? Okay. Right. This is Joe Bontani. This is the left. All right. We're going to go out there during this break and we're going to come back with a plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A plan. We're going to come back with a plan for you. It's a 45-day plan. <laughs> 45 days to get us back on track. 100 day yeah. school plan. Yeah, yeah it's the crowd likes it. Points. It's a 45 day, 45 point, one point per day. We get to 45 points. We're back in business. Yeah. The crowd likes this. This sounds and good. You take that to the bank. Take it to the bank. And limo lady, we are going completely carbon neutral. <laughs> <laughs> now he does his infamous spin for the audience. And- I love you. This is, I'm telling you, there is more truth in this. There is more truth in that right there. Um, in the analogy of how the left approaches government. They get they get on the stage. Now he's out here dancing for the crowd, telling, no, no, you, not me, you. He's uh, no, you guys. They're they're cheering for him. <laughs> it's perfect Michael Scott. But it's also indicative and I think symbolic of how our government behaves, how the left behaves. Right? They, they, they make all these grandiose promises. And by the way, after he leaves the stage, he goes back and meets, meets with the execs. And he says, okay, we got 45 days to come up with our plan. He says, day 45, the, company, <laughs> the company's uh, out of bankruptcy. Day 44, go. Like we're going to work backwards to come up with this plan. And the executives say, what are you talking about? That's not how this works. And Michael says, well, I just went out there and made a promise to that crowd. Yeah, but you made a promise based upon feelings because we can't fix this in 45 days. We don't think we can fix it at all. But see, people vote for people vote for the feeling and the emotion associated with that. They, they want somebody who says, yeah, we can put me in office. COVID will be gone. Cancer will be cured. Alzheimer's will be a thing of the past. Diabetes will be completely annihilated. Everyone's going to get paid equally, equal pay for equal work. $15 an hour, not a problem, right? We'll just do these things. You want more money? We'll fix it. You want more time with your family? We'll fix it. You want uh, a prob- your, your problems, your personal problems solved? Government will come in and fix it. There's nothing they cannot do, folks, in their minds. I, arguably, there's nothing they really can do. The founders were ingenious in, in defining the... Uh, the areas that they should be focused on serving us in, right? The areas that they should be involved, the, the responsibilities they should be um, undertaking, not all these other grandiose things. They want to ignore the core principles and the core promises many times. Those aren't as, those aren't as fun. Those don't get you as many accolades. Those don't get highways named after you. Those don't get libraries named in your honor it's all these other promises that get people's attention 
promise, you know, free education. You know, we're going to wipe out your student loan debt with the stroke of a pen and the blink of an eye. You suddenly don't owe money because, hey, you shouldn't have had to pay for that anyway because some rich billionaire was, you know, taking away from your freedom by demanding – this is their argument, not mine – by demanding that you pay for that. You pay for your education. Even though you knew what it cost, you signed up, you signed the documents, you took the loan. Now you're complaining about paying it back. We'll just wipe it out. Problem solved. Not, you know, you, you can't go to work in many places or you couldn't in any place virtually in the United States because of COVID. Government says we'll shut it down and you know what? We'll pay you money. Where does that money come from? From thin air, right? Or from your grandkids or great grandkids. It's paid for by some individual, some future Americans at some distant point on the, on the horizon. That's what we're doing. These things don't suddenly, realities don't suddenly disappear because a Democrat is in office, right? They want to say, whatever, 100 million vaccines in 100 days. That number gets changed because why? Trump lost the vaccines, they say. Having schools open in 100 days. Well, turns out that that has to be adjusted too, as Jen Psaki said here, because, well, (laughs) um, we need to redefine what it means for a school to be open. If a door in that building has been unlocked and some student has stumbled in there, boom, school considered open. Just once, just for five minutes for that matter. Any any person in there that's a student and they're a teacher at the same time, we're going to count that baby as being open. And again, you look at how it was counted, how these things were addressed and talked about whenever Trump was, was in the White House. You look at how just having the vaccine – Right. Biden's talking. Biden started with the vaccine. Trump, the Trump team and the you know, working with private sectors and so forth and some of the things they did to get the vaccine already happened. They were saying, remember, that that could not happen. Now Biden walks in with the vaccine. He's going to get 100 million vaccinated by the first 100 days in office. And suddenly that number is going to have to be changed as well. This is just what happens. It's the nature of government over promise and underdeliver should be the tagline of our federal government. And it always costs you more than you expect, and it gives uh, financially, and it takes away more of your liberty. This is just what it does. This is what it is. This is by na- this is this is this is inherently part of it. And I've got to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. By the way, be careful out there. Studies have shown And 98% of scientists agree that listening can, in fact, cause you to lean to the right. Be back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So we've been talking here about uh, just the the way – that really the wheels have already come off of the promises made by the radical left, right? Trump destroyed everything. We're going to roll into town, fix it, and everything's going to be working as smoothly as possible. Your life is about to get better. Your life is about to get better. All your problems are about to be solved because we've got a new sheriff in town, Joe Biden. And he's a tough guy who's going to stand up for the working man. He's going to take his pen and his cell phone like Obama promised to do. And that's how he's going to start 
dictating to the American people, creating edicts and decrees and telling us, um, you know, with the stroke of a pen, how he's going to fix all of our problems. One of those problems, one of those problems that he was going to fix with his pen included um, the way that illegal immigrants entering this country were allowed, uh, well, the way that they would be dealt with once they were detained. And so the executive order was written that effectively effectively uh, did away with Trump's policies and reinstituted Obama's policies of catch and release, as it's uh, popularly known as. So I'm looking here at the post-millennial. This is a post-millennial, uh, post-millennial article referencing something that Tucker Carlson talked about, um, I guess, last night. So this is what it says. Speaking to the nation Tuesday night, Tucker Carlson revealed the awful truth that illegal immigrants who are being released from ICE detention facilities are not being tested for COVID-19 prior to entering the general population. So remember these same folks who won't let you go to, uh, you know, your gym and work out. They won't let you dine in restaurants. Um, they want to tell you whether or not you can sing at your church. Of course, the answer is no to that because, after all, all praise must be sung to the government, I suppose. Government is our savior in the minds and the eyes of the radical left. So – but they all – they're totally fine with detaining illegal aliens and releasing them into the public without COVID tests, without guaranteeing or – as much as a COVID test can do that, and without ensuring that they're not COVID, uh, you know, carrying COVID. So, article continues here. Carlson said that the Biden administration is releasing thousands of foreign nas- thousands of foreign nationals into American neighborhoods without making sure that they are COVID free before doing so. He noted that people from countries with high infection rates are being sent forth into the population as though COVID isn't real. Uh oh, I thought. I thought the left was telling us about science, right? I thought the left, they, they want you to think that they have this position, uh, that they, they speak for science, and the rest of us hayseed hicks, we're just a bunch of mythical uh, believers in fairy tales. But it seems as though they're acting as though COVID isn't real because, after all, wouldn't you at least test folks before you arbitrarily and um, unilaterally release them into, release them into the public? This, he says, he being Tucker Carlson, is the policy of the Biden administration. On Friday, White House Secret- uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki, boy, she is just all over the place with some stupidity. Her, her quote Friday when asked about this was, she didn't care enough to answer the question as to whether or not this is the case. The program is a result, Carlson said, of a Biden executive order basically authorizing the catch and release of illegal immigrants. He quoted a border control worker who said definitively that they do not test immigrants before releasing them into the U.S. Sheriff uh, – into the U.S. I'm sorry, Sheriff Leon Wilmot, who works in border control, sent a message to Senator Kristen Sinema saying that this is a particularly dangerous approach as there is currently no protocol for testing any of these people for the COVID-19 virus. So – well, you know why? First of all, this is done by executive order. This is um, 
I think a violation of of just being reasonable. This catch and release program and policy, basically anyone who was released never. I mean, the, the numbers, the percentages of people who came back for their court hearing was incredibly low. I mean, virtually didn't happen. Now they're being detained. They're then being released. No COVID test. People, the, the government has no idea where these folks are. There's no way of, of making them come back to their assigned court dates. They may now be carrying COVID. We don't know. Have no idea. And that's supposedly fine. That's supposedly acceptable. We don't hear the outrage. Think if, if Trump did something like this. If Trump did something like this, you know how this would be. This, this would be a super spreader event. Right, a super spreader event, bringing people from a foreign country who we have no idea what protocols they had, carrying, uh, coming in, in many instances now in large caravans of people, large numbers of people. So, you know, are they transmitting this to one another during their trek to the United States? And folks, I do not fault anybody for wanting to come to this country. This is not what this is about. This is about law and order and and having. sovereignty over our borders, being able to say who can and cannot enter this country. We can talk about who can and cannot. That's fine. That's a reasonable debate. Who can and cannot stay here indefinitely? Who can and cannot become citizens? Okay, those are all discussions that can be part of the political discourse. But surely we should agree that it can't be whoever wants to, whenever they want to, whatever the risks that are involved with them uh, in this case, potential COVID risk. I mean, does this seem does this seem to jibe with the rest of the stuff that we've been told about COVID? Isn't this kind of a haphazard approach? Isn't this dangerous? I mean, if I've got to wear two masks now, and gloves, and eye goggles, as Fauci has alluded to in the past, when I go to the grocery store or whatever, surely we should at least test people who are here illegally before we just arbitrarily release them into the American society, never to see them again, having no idea where they came from, having no idea what the protocols and safety precautions that were taken along that route would have been. Probably nothing, by the way. Isn't that at least inconsistent? Isn't this at least worthy of some explanation? No, not to the media, because look, they look at this as a political uh, advantage to them. They really do. They think, hey, Biden, the Democrats roughly get two-thirds of the Hispanic vote. These are potential voters. That is a terrible way to – these are human beings. These are human beings who I can relate to their desire to want to be here, certainly can. We can't throw all safety protocols. This is so inconsistent. This isn't even trying to be remotely consistent. Anyway, it's, it's what happens. I'm telling you, it's what happens when they're in power. It's as though all the things they were criticizing before, all the details and all the, the factors that really do make a difference in, in things like the spread of COVID, suddenly uh, when they're in power, they just, you know, they, they have to adjust expectations or ignore them like they have here. So anyway, timeout is in order. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. 
Again, this is the way that it works. This is how it is. This is just reality. And I, you know, to me and to you, I'm sure the vast majority of people hearing my voice, the it's it's obvious that the things that the left tells us our government can do simply are not possible. It is not possible. They literally are telling us, right? I mean, we they they, they want us to believe that we can, for example, control the sea levels in a hundred years if only we listen to them and implement their policies. As they jet around the world in you know private jets and so forth, like John Kerry, who, as Rush Limbaugh would said, served in Vietnam. So this is the natural course of things. This is the way that it works. If you want your life to improve, you, I, need to take responsibility for that. We can't delegate that to someone else. That is something that we must personally be involved with. And that doesn't mean there's no issues that the government should address. That's not what I'm saying at all. But the idea, the idea that a new bunch of jokers can come in and fix all the problems and societal ills, especially in a couple of weeks, is laughable. And now we get to see the level of problem that really exists. They're changing their expectations. They're wanting to to change reality. Suddenly, they're stuck with dealing with reality. Government can't save you, folks. Government can't save any of us. Quick time out. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, folks. Unfortunately, all of the time that we have today, but fear not. Fear not, you can always catch archives of this episode or of this program, toddfshow.com slash listen. And I ask, too, that you consider downloading the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be a good thing um, as, as well. And you can get those podcasts, again, daily, Monday through Friday, weekdays, I should say. But yeah, this is, again, this is simply the result. What we're dealing with now is simply the result of, I mean, we, we're watching before our eyes how government cannot solve the problems that the left tells us that they can. That's what we're looking at. That's where, why we're looking at all the expectation changes, why we're looking at the refusal to accept reality and so forth. And this is where we're going to head under the Biden administration. Got to go. SDG tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Take care.